Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome back. I'm Carl Mack and this is Combat Chronicles. Just going to talk about one fight today, which is the big, big fight. Don't believe the hype. Not the biggest Muay Thai fight of the last 50 years. Nothing like that. But a fucking big fight from one championship this past week. Rod Sang versus Superlek. Hear my thoughts on the fight. Hear my thoughts on the scorecards. Hear my thoughts on the backlash. On the fallout. Here on this feed. But if you want to hear about this fight and more... Head on over to the Combat Chronicles Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Combat Chronicles. Over there, I'm talking about the Joyce Zhang rematch. I'm talking about Ken Shiro, talking about Tenshin Nascawa, talking about Grasso Shevchenko 2, talking about Jack Della Madalena, and talking about Gamrot versus Fazeev. All on the Patreon, as well as this, but for you guys that listen on this feed, here it is Rod Tang versus Superlek. And now, ladies and gentlemen, after three rounds of battle, we turn now to the judges' scorecards. All three judges have scored this contest in favor of your winner by unanimous decision. Rotten by three iron decision. The notion this week that this is the biggest Muay Thai fight in 50 years is just, you know, all got to say to that is. My ass. My ass indeed. So, this is a big mega fight over at one championship. And my god, millions of views already. Lots of people talk about it, lots of buzz about it. I've said it a million times, Chatry, if you're listening, I know you're not. If someone's listening, pass the message on. Fucking ditch MMA, ditch grappling, just. Crack on with four-ounce striking. Now, not sure how much longer you can have these guys, but it's clear to see that you've got the market share now that you can build in what you want. Um, and the fact of the matter is, you know, there are you're gonna you're gonna get another rod tank. You're gonna get another rod tank. There's so many quality fighters out in Thailand, and you know, becoming more and more international now. You're gonna get another rod tank, and. You've got Takaru there. Rotang's still fighting. I mean, Superlek, and we'll talk about this in a second, might be on his way out. Um, that's what made this build-up so fucking annoying and then special and then annoying again. You know, Rotang telling Takaru, you've got to prove yourself. Rotang saying, you shouldn't be fighting other ties. 
Rod Tang taking on fights against lesser opposition, a showcase bounce. It's not just on him, it's on one championship too. And then finally the fight with Suplet happens and Suplet doesn't make weight and it, that's not his first offence, not even in the last calendar year, I don't think. Uh, miss weight, talking about how he's got a lot of respect for Rod Tang and then talking about how he doesn't really like fighting anymore and it just took the edge off the fight and then the fight itself happens and yes, it's at a catch weight of 140 pounds. Suplet does look significantly larger yes it's three rounds it's not for the title they pack so much in the three rounds that basically no one walks away disappointed and how fucking mad is that so let's talk about the fight itself actually let's talk a little bit more about the build up because one thing I noted online was uh, it's on uh, Twitter is that um, if these boys couldn't get up for one championship money we've got no fucking chance of them getting up for stadium money. So this idea that, you know, one championship's ruining the stadium fighting and whatnot, these boys have been fighting for fucking years, you know. We're seeing, I guess due to one science, one te- uh, nutrition, etc., that uh, Muay Thai guys, whereas typically they're always well past their best, um, sort of in their sort of early to mid-twenties, these guys are now cracking on for a little bit longer than that, um, which is great. One championship gives them an avenue to make money in the twilight of their careers. Gives them an avenue to make money in the prime of their careers. Gives them an avenue to fight uh, Farang fighters, um, just as they did before. Usually, you know, you do the stadium circuit, then you fuck off and fight internationally. You don't cut weight anymore, but you're fighting significantly larger guys that are in their prime that do. But due to uh, superior technique and the wide gap between ties and, and, and international fighters, you'd still give them a pasting. Um, now we're seeing ties fighting each other past the prime. Uh, I think you know, Superlack and Rogtang are still really very much in their prime or near enough ne- near enough to it that if they're going to fight each other, they're still going to have a fantastic fight. Near enough to it, they can still take on foreigners and smash them with ease, especially the kind of foreigners that Rogtang's been fighting recently. So one championship is good for that. If these guys were fighting for stadium money, it's very clear that we probably wouldn't have got this fight. So... In that regard, if you still want to see these super fights, um, if you still think there's unfinished business from the stadiums, one championship's got the best chance of making those fights happen given the money that's floating around there. And as I say, given the comments from both guys, you think they would have you think they would have chucked the four ounce gloves on? You think they would have chucked the eight ounce gloves on and fought in the stadiums at this time in their careers? I think that's very, very, very unlikely. So the Muay Thai purists out there and I get it, as I said earlier, very much used to be one myself. That I've done like the rule set, done like the scoring set, uh, you know, the scoring criteria. Don't like the fact that these guys are not fighting in the stadiums anymore. I think you sort of need to take a step back and say, would they be fighting each other if it wasn't for this? And I think it's pretty clear to say that in this instance, given the the noise from both guys uh, in the run up to this fight, I think it's very clear to see that we wouldn't even be having this fight if it wasn't for one championship. So take what you can. You need to take a look at the bigger picture here. I'm sorry to say, yeah, it's not the stadium Muay Thai you know and love, but there were guys who watched Muay Thai in the golden age who didn't like the stadium Muay Thai we had in the last 10, 15 years, didn't like the you know, the weighted towards clinch scoring, didn't like the weighted towards the fourth round scoring, thought that you know, we got better fights in the golden age. You're not special, okay? The old heads didn't like the Muay Thai we got. We pushed back against it. And now you're the old head pushing back against what one championship has given us. And I don't think one championship is perfect by any means. But yes, this is just a different form of fighting. I think people will, I still, I hate to say I'm fucking like a broken record, but I think people will get less annoyed if they stop calling it four ounce Muay Thai. 
just called it four amp striking. Basically, you're getting guys from Muay Thai, guys from kickboxing, guys from wherever, and they're fighting in a new sport. And I think people would still get annoyed that, oh, they're taking the best guys away from stadium Muay Thai, and, you know, they're not going to want to fight the stadiums anymore in the Muay Thai that I like. But at the end of the day, I think it's, as I say, for someone like Rotang, where super late, you wouldn't have got it anyway. So pull your head out of your ass a little bit. These are mates of mine I'm talking about here, but you know, there's some people I don't follow that I aren't that I'm not mutuals with who are very fucking annoying when it comes to shit like this. And all I can say is if one championship were willing to pay your missus, you wouldn't be fucking moaning. Fact. The fight itself was fantastic. Uh, balls to the wall for the whole fucking nine minutes. It would have been great if it was a five round fight. Um we're gonna talk about the fight and then talk about the fallout from the fight, which is just absolutely baffling to me from both sides of the spectrum I think a lot of my fucking mates and the other were themselves as well um, but let's talk about the fight balls to the wall suplex straight away um, just showing how much of a superior kicker he is especially with leg kicks um, Rod Tang's inside low kick was, was not insistent enough it was not impactful enough suplex ability to get underneath Rod Tang's punches and clip him with the elbow was Awesome, you know, he's just Suplex is the great all rounder, uh, brilliant defensive fighter, great kicker, great range fighter, and then when he wants to turn it up, he's just fantastic as well. Obviously, brilliant elbow fighter as well. Um, so yeah, Suplex done his usual thing, really was turning it up on Rod Tang. Rod Tang was trying to pressure him back. The, I think the problem, and we'll talk about the rounds as we go, we'll talk about the general uh, issue of people's interpretation of the fight afterwards, at least how I perceive it to be, because I just there seems to be no one just hitting it straight down the middle. And you need to hit it down the middle for this particular fight and this particular rule set and this particular fan base. But I think there's so much agenda that people can't really see the fight clearly for what it is. Uh, and Superlake was clearly landing the better kicks, clearly landing the better knees, in the, even in the first round. But this idea that Rod Tang only landed one elbow, he clearly landed more than one elbow, clearly landed some good punches, clearly landed, um, was able to grab Superlex, kick and punch off of it. Um, Superlex is a really good defensive fighter, so it's not as clear as Rod Tang grabbed the kick and punched off it, therefore he wins. Um, if this was on the stadium, if this is some sort of um, one off, four ounce, three round stadium fight, Rod Tang would have won. He dumped Superlex in the clinch. Uh, a couple of times in the third round and once in the third round, uh, first round, sorry. Um, as I say, Superlake's counters were more impressive, but there was moments where Rod Tang was able to counter him. There were moments where Rod Tang was able to frame off and create enough space to land short elbows in the clinch. But in the first round, the round we'll talk about now, it was the up elbow which busted Superlake open. That would have won in the round, 100%. Let's talk more about the interpretation of the fight as we go on. Second round, Superlake made a great adjustment. Um, seemed to sort of be able to hand fight Rod Tang more and get wrist control being the longer taller guy he was able to then gauge what Rod Tang was going to do and was able to frame off himself either land kicks land knees as Rod Tang come in or just push him back and if he's pushing him back he's stopping Rod Tang doing what he's good at which is coming forward under a barrage of punches pressure fighting working his way in uh, to hit him with the elbow. So Superlake is able to command range, dictate pace, dictate range in that second round, and then, as we say, pushing him back, knocking him off balance, and then catching Rod Tang with an elbow, bundling him over. I think Rod Tang definitely turned his back on him. It's got a bit of balance, bit of the elbow. 
Rotang definitely cowered from a little bit and I think the knockdown was absolutely justified. Big 10-8 round for Superlek in that second round. Uh, more dominant round. Yeah, Rotang still had his moments. So them short elbows and some punches as well. But Superlek landed definitely the, uh, the quality shots in that round, especially with his kicks. As I say, controlling the uh, wrists and then banging him in knees to the body as well. Just dominating him in the clinch really in that round. Rotang still had his moments, so it was competitive. 100%. Third round, Superlake looked really ropey to me. Um, it's a really close round, a scrappy round. Rotang was a pressure fighter. I think due to the OEs in the crowd in Lumpini Stadium, I think that's why it might have appeared to the layman that Rotang was doing the lot, uh, a lot of the better work. But Superlake was taking the edge off the punches and landing good work in the clinch himself. Again, his knees were probably the most impactful uh, shots in that round. But he was ropey and Rotang was dumping him in the clinch. Now that actually isn't um, important to scoring in one. That's absolutely fine. But I think in terms of the optics, Superlake just didn't look particularly great. And you know, Rotten was coming forward and pressuring. That was a scrappy, tough to score round. Superlake wins the fight by decision. Uh, and justifiably so. But I think people are now falling over themselves, at least from my the circle that I run with, and as I say, there are people outside of my circle that I see my mates interacting with and whatnot. They're now running with this idea that this fight was not at all competitive in terms of the scoring. There's been people falling over themselves to justify the scoring criteria in a certain way. We're going to look at the scoring criteria in a second. They can do with Superlet winning a close and competitive decision. They can't deal with Superlet winning a competitive decision. I saw online someone I really respect say, this was a clear 30-26. Yeah, the 10-8's there for Superlet, but a clear 30-26. Clear anything after that first and third round. Do you, you think either of them are clear? Have a word with yourself. There's nothing clear about those rounds. Nothing. It's fact. Come on the podcast and fucking talk about it if you want. There's nothing clear about those rounds. They were competitive rounds. Second round clear, absolutely. No draws in one, so Superlet wins the fight. Say third round was close and then he won the second round. I think he could have easily won the first round. Easily. It could be a clear 32. It could be, sorry, on the scorecards, he could have clearly won 30-26. But it's not a clear 30-26. Any idea that that first or third round are really clear? Oh yeah, I looked at it with a magnifying glass. Doro, guys, I got this. Super clearly won. There's absolutely no debate whatsoever that Rod Tang could have could have at all won round one. One of my one of my closest mates, Ryan Wagner, said, you know, and I think he's the best analyst in the game. I said it on this podcast many times. But he said, you know, looking at one's scoring, you know, it says on there that superficial damage is uh, part of the criteria. But I, Ryan's interpretation, I, well, I think actually you mean brain damage or you know internal damage. I don't think there's anything in the scoring scoring criteria that says that. That elbow in the first round that completely fucking busted Superlek up was really significant to the scoring. And actually, the idea that I've seen from other people that the only thing Rod Tang did in round one was land one elbow is also patently false. Then you've got the casual saying Rod Tang was robbed. Also fucking off the head, mental. Can we not meet in the middle, guys? Can we not demand better of ourselves? You could say, yes, Superlet did X, Y, and Z, and that's why he deserved to win the fight, or showed superiority outside of round scoring. You know, um, we can see, you know, his avenue to win clearer if he was in better shape, or um, or we can just see that based on his, you know, his kicks, 
and the fact he was able to control Rod Sang at range and get a really good gauge for him um, once he'd made that adjustment that we can see he was his clear superior is absolutely fine but the idea now to say that Rod Sang did you cannot even argue that he could have won a share of rounds or even that you could not perceive why someone might see the first and the third round to him is snobbery it's fucking snobbery Moshe you know I've been covering fucking Muay Thai longer than you've been out of single digits so don't take the high road with me I'm more of a Superlek fan than a Rod Tang fan I've been on this podcast saying for ages Rod Tang is you know he needs to fight his, his Thai contemporaries he's dodging the top fights now he takes the big fight and we want to say yeah well done Rod Tang you were competitive but there's absolutely no way you won a round I'm even going to jimmy the fucking scoring criteria to justify me saying no Superlek so far above him that listen casuals we win okay we've definitely won no he didn't make weight he looked like he could have done quite frankly the fight was more competitive than a lot of people had it out to be going into it and now you want to say actually I'm still right because there's absolutely no way Rod Tang even won a share of one of these rounds bullshit bullshit the first round Rod Tang did do more than land one elbow he did land a really significant strike that's not kick erasure like people want to make it to be we cannot say oh actually the scoring criteria does mean um, hard kicks yeah that's, that's, that's really those kicks were the most significant they're the ones that score or I super like landed some elbows too you know that fucking first round was really competitive and that third round was messy okay don't turn your nose up at casuals um, and don't turn your nose up at your peers and basically say guys if you don't see it exactly the same way as me you're wrong there's definitely an avenue in this fight where we can say that Rod Tang might have won one round, whether it was the first or the third. There's definitely an avenue where Superlek won all three rounds and won the, the, the fight by four points. But to act that this isn't an opportunity to talk about the scorecards, that anything other than Superlek supremacy, anyone looking at Rod Tang's uh, work and deeming it worthy of winning a round is a casual... We've got to do better, guys. We've got to do better than that. Um, this was a competitive fight. Um, I saw straight afterwards, you know, Superlet, the fucking best ever. Superlet, told you Superlet was the best. He didn't fucking make weight, and he looks way worse than you thought he was going to. Don't fucking give it the large one now. You've got to take a step back and go, that fight was really competitive. Rod Tang did better than I thought he was going to he did better than I thought he was going to I thought he was on borrowed time I thought he was had his foot out of the door to be honest with you Rod Tang can still go okay and Rod Tang took a fucking catchweight fight at £140 against a guy who's his technical superior who's larger than him and he took it at fucking 24 hours notice and he did that in a fight I would say fair play to him to most of uh, the MT crowd's credit and the striking crowd's credit, people were saying fair play to Rod Tang, and I'm well up for that. Um, but I just don't really understand why we can't admit that there's an avenue to Rod Tang winning a round, and there's even a Rod Tang uh, way of him, the way of scoring in the fight. I don't think he won it, um, but to sort of turn your nose up people and just act like they're fucking idiots if they don't see that that third round was scrappy and that first round was competitive I just don't get what you're doing I just don't understand it I don't think Rod Tang could beat Superleg in a rematch I don't think they're going to do it anyway um, I do think that maybe Superleg has got his foot out the door based on his recent comments maybe this fight will revitalise him I'm sure people will have to see it again I'm sure one are going to throw money at him but I think Superleg needs to make weight for the next one um, it needs to be five rounds 
if something's going on and that's why he didn't make way, I get it. But if he fucking struggles to make way and Rod Tang's still there at the end of three rounds, you might see a different fight. Are people going to admit that even? Are people going to admit that over five rounds, if Superlek was carrying on as he was at the end of that third round, he looked quite tired. Are we going to act like there's absolutely no way that Rod Tang could be in a rematch? I don't think you could on a technical level, but you know, just based on the intangibles, he looked like he was still bang up for it for me, walking forward, pressuring him, and uh, there's definitely a, an, an avenue to him uh, to superlate unraveling if he's not what we know him to be. If he has got one foot out of the door, if he just really is going to struggle making anywhere near like one thirty-five nowadays, um, you know, then maybe he needs to go to Roger Damnern and go on the circuit there because. Um, this four rounds Muay Thai seems pretty forgiving at the level you're expected to fight. You know, it, it, I agree with most of the guys out there that you know, one is putting impetus on knockouts, finishes, and aggression in the way that stadium uh, gambling was always putting impetus on a slow start, building to a crescendo, and then taking the fifth round off. Um, again, this is a different sport, and uh, Rod Tang seems built for it. And uh, Superleg, I think, as I say, I think I had him winning two rounds to one. Um, if you were going to have draws, then you know a draw would be absolutely justifiable. Um, if you really squint, you could definitely see a Rod Tang win. What we got was a really fucking competitive fight, more competitive than I thought it was going to be. And after fight week, just so happy that it went how it did because I thought well, we might get a bit of a sparring match here, or we might get a bit of a suplex, might look a bit too ropey here. No, we got a fucking war that actually exceeded my expectations. And was it the fight of the year? It's going to be up there at the end of the year when we come to the uh, 2023 Combat Chronicles end of year awards 100% fucking brilliant stuff just so much fun really fucking violent vast array of techniques on, on display as I say mid-fight adjustments even over 9 minutes Superlet making the adjustment to control Rod Tang and then corral him force him back to the ropes and fucking dropping that elbow I thought he'd stopped him and Rod Tang jumping up and giving it the whole ah oh shucks there's no way he dropped me that's just him all over, isn't it, Jimmy? He is a fucking Iron Man. And um, both guys showed why we think of them as modern greats. Um, I don't think Rod Tang is an all-time great by any means, but certainly um, he's the he's probably the biggest star to come out of Muay Thai. Um, or sort of biggest... Uh, that's not right. I'd say he's the most well-known name that I've come across for anyone for Muay Thai since Ramon Deckers. I think people talk about him... Uh, people a wider audience know him in a way that I haven't seen since you know people talking about Deckers on the forum um, the fact it's a tie doing it of course Burkow was a big name but that was more in kickboxing although of course you know such a big name that people always go on about him being a Muay Thai great so Rotang is the biggest tie to a casual or that's not fair to a wider audience than Burkow but in pure Muay Thai or anything approaching Muay Thai the science of eight limbs and not kickboxing. I think he's the biggest name since Deckers. Let me know in the comments if I'm forgetting someone obvious. Me again in real time. Comments, of course. I'm suggesting to my patrons to hit me up in the replies on the Patreon post. You can do that if you sign up. Or hit me up over on Twitter at CombatCR. Over at Blue Sky at Combat Chronicles. At Instagram at Combat Chronicles Pod. Let me know your thoughts. Do you agree with me? Do you think it was competitive enough to at least warrant Rod Tang one of the rounds do you think Superlek justifiably won the decision do you see where Superlek made that adjustment that allowed him to get the upper hand on Rod Tang and stop him pressuring him 
relentlessly as he was in the first round. Or do you think, no, Kyle, you're wrong. Suplek pissed that fight, he won very, very easily. And you're wrong for even daring to make the argument that he didn't. Hit me up. Tell me any of those things. I don't care. I'm up for the discussion, up for the debate. Most importantly, I hope you enjoyed this episode. There'll be another one coming soon. More interesting stuff coming to the Patreon. Hate to keep banging the drum for it, but really, there's a lot of good content over there. It's not the only good content. You guys are getting some too, but I hope you like this one. Hopefully, you decide to go and take a look at the exclusive content over there. But there are other ways to support the podcast if you don't. Leave a five-star rating and review at your preferred podcast platform. It helps make it more visible to others. Hopefully, they can get in the community, talking about fights with us, because that's what we want to do, right? We want to discuss these fights. So until the next fights we discuss, thanks for listening. Appreciate your support. Peace out for now, eh? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.